You're listening to Unfiltered, where we engage in unapologetic grown folks conversations. I'm Tiffany Duggar. I'm Kimberly Taylor. And I'm Dr. Kimberlyn Sturgis. And we're just three girlfriends thinking out loud. Welcome to our tribe. So ladies, this has been um, a crazy week. And that is an understatement. Um, earlier this week, we had, uh, I'm going to say, terrorists invade the Capitol. And so um, I'm just kind of a little bit over right now, uh, CNN all day and the Trump memes and, and everything that's going on right now. And so I figured that today we would have a little light conversation, but rest assured that we will get back to that topic real soon because that was just, uh, that was just bananas. But um, today we are, we will be talking about love and Hollywood's depiction of love and Hollywood's depiction of black love. And what have we learned or what have, what, has been our expectation of love after watching movies and television shows and the new uh, new, uh, streaming sensation is Sylvie's Love. Now, me personally, I happen to have loved the movie. I thought it was just the cutest love story and I got a few nuggets from that. Um, Some of my co-hosts did not feel uh, the same way, but it's just not their genre of movie. But we started talking about love and um, what our perception of love is and basically where we thought we would be at this moment in our lives. And so um, just, just picking up on talking about the movie uh, Dr. Sturgis, can you, what, how did you feel about the movie? What were, what were your thoughts of, about the movie in relation to the, an accurate depiction of love and what happens in a relationship? Um, well, first of all, I'm one of those co-hosts that, you know, this is just not my uh, general uh, genre. I'm a action sci-fi girl. So, um, but in watching the movie, uh, one of the things that uh, I thought the movie did was give the perception of a love conquers all type of um, scenario. My irritation with that is that in reality, that's just not how life slash love works. And um And I just remember thinking when I was younger, how, you know, I wanted that, that fantasy, that fairy tale. Um, I wanted to be like Cinderella or, um, or Snow White. I wanted to find my Prince Charming. Uh, I never, not the damsel in distress part, but the part where the perfect guy would come and we would definitely mesh, fall in love and live happily ever after. And uh, in reality though, that is, it's not that it's impossible. I do believe it's possible, but I also recognize that it's a rarity. 
Now, Kim Taylor, you being the married one in the group, um, I am, I really want to hear your perspective on this because you would be the one to have experience in this area as it relates to marriage because neither um, Sturgis nor I have ever been married before. Yeah, so as I was listening to Kim Sturgis, I thought about um, my 20-some-year-old self watching Love Jones and my 40-some-year-old self now watching Love Jones. And um, and I'm thinking, oh, <laughs> how I had um, heart eyes in, in my 20s. But reality is, as Kim, Kim was talking, I was thinking, we... I've learned over the years because it would be 14 years. Well, it's 15 years going on 15 years. And uh, no, my love story doesn't look like a Hollywood love story. Um, but there, what I've come to realize is each couple creates their comfortable love story. The love story that fits them it may not always look like you walking into a home and there are rose petals on the floor and um, you have several bouquets of flowers and candlelight, steak, baked potato, that whole nine yard and not uh, the whole nine yards and, 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 um, and all of that. You may not have that, but my reality is to see my husband help my dad mow the lawn several yards in the neighborhood, that creates my own love story uh, because that's something he didn't have to do. My dad didn't ask for it. Or to see or to him notice me, notice that my lunch bag was ripping and he goes to the store, comes back hey, and tells me, hey, I got this for you. And it's a lunch bag with a to-go cup and all of that. Those are the type of love stories that we've created here. Um, it, it just adds the, a, you know, the heart to your eyes at that point, because it, these are things that as you, as you realize, for one, the person that you are, you are in a relationship with may not sh show or sh show that type of um, movie, Hollywood movie scene in that way. And so you shouldn't expect that from that person. However, they may show, they may, they may show show it in a way that you've received it. They, the recipient has received it and it touches that warm spot in your heart. And I think that as, as you get older, you, your, your view of how your love, how this Hollywood love story set up, it slowly transcends over into how you 
how your personal love story is set up in your own home and how that's um how that's comfortable for for you and your significant other there are there have been plenty of times early on that I would be like well I wish he would do that but on the other that's hand that's not his love language that's not his love language but on the other hand he would do something that just pricks at the heart and you're like oh my gosh I know why I married this dude reality is <laughs> it's not gonna look like what you see on tv well you know I have never been caught up in the the fantasy the Hollywood fantasy of um of, of what love looks like um we were saying actually before we started recording um uh Dr. Sturgis made a point um, that I don't think any of us planned for, and, and we're speaking of, um, you know, different friends that we know. I don't think any of us plan to be where we are in our life right now, maybe single, divorced a couple of times, single parents, you know, things like that. There's a lot of different dynamics in our different friend groups. And I made the statement that I am where I thought I would be. And when I was a teenager, I didn't, I didn't play bride. You know, I didn't buy bridal magazines and cut them out and, and, and look at, uh, you know, pick out my dress and things like that. In my early 20s, I didn't do it. In my 30s, I didn't do it. But that was my choice. Um, I, I, I did not want to get married. Was I against marriage? No, I, I said that if I fall in love with the right person and I use the word fall in love because that that is what what I what I wanted to do. That's what you know, I still believe in love. Um, but I am where I thought I would be at, at this point in my life. And it's so interesting because uh, one of my favorite artists is Anita Baker. And she um, wrote this song. Oh, I don't know if she wrote it, but she she recorded this song in the '90s called "Fairy Tales." And out of all of the out of all of her her cat her entire catalog, this is my favorite song because it says, you know, she believed in the fairy tale, but she said, "You never came to save me. You were not the white knight. You know, you left me there alone." And so when I heard that song in the 90s, and I, I was in, I was somewhere between when this came out, I'm not quite sure. I was somewhere between a freshman and a senior in high school. Um, but even at that early age, listening to that song, it was like, okay, so this is what falling in love could possibly look like. And then I had all of these examples in different relationships in my family and friends of families um, that were dysfunctional. And so, but that is what I saw on the surface. I don't know what happened once they went home and maybe made up or, or when I wasn't around, but uh, my view of marriage was it looks like dysfunction. And I didn't want to be a part of that. Um, I was going to be one of those people that I guess would be forever conflicted because I could have a boyfriend until, I, until I'm until i 80, 90 years old. 
and possibly uh, live with somebody and, and that would be okay with me. Um, at this stage of my life, uh, would I like to fall in love and get married? Sure, if that happens. If it doesn't happen, um, I'm okay with that as well. I have an aunt um, who lives in Memphis and she's never been married. And I just thought that she was just the coolest thing in the world. And, and I don't know how she feels about not being married, but I thought she was the coolest person in the world because she never seemed like she was unhappy and she never complained about not being married. So, um, but one thing I do appreciate with Hollywood and I'll say the new Hollywood, the transition in Hollywood is showing black people in love showing Black people in loving relationships. I loved when the Cosby show came on and they had this man and this woman that were in love and they were raising a family together. And I don't think that whole thing is far-fetched. I don't think that that whole thing is a facade because if these were real people, if these were real characters, you know, I'm sure there have been things that have gone on in their lives that got them to that love or got them through that love or, you know, not everything is perfect every day. And so for me, no, Hollywood has not, um, I don't have a jaded view of love. And I just thought that Sylvie's love was just a cute um, love story. And I, I just enjoyed it for, for what it was. And I think that that story is somebody's story with that in between, with whatever that in between looks like. And I think the shows that we, movies that we've seen have been, um, you know, they've been refreshing for, I, it, when Kim was talking, I thought about how, um, like just living, reliving some of these old movies, just like a love, love Jones. I just remember the feeling I got while watching it. Right. And so, you know, it's like, whoa, this is the type of, this type of man I would want, you know, this is what this whole vibe, I want to adopt this. I think um, it's refreshing to experience that and or witness that, and it it gives you a, it gives you some a level of hope that um, not to sound like depressing or whatever, but it gives you a level of hope that you will um, you will share some of that emotion in your current relationship. But you can't bank on that. That's and that's what I've learned. You can't bank on that, that Love Jones type of movie, because that will it will taint your view of what you have at home. And um, and it's almost like a comparison, you know, like how we sometimes people compare themselves to the Joneses. It's you're comparing yourself to the your relationship to the Love Jones relationship. And I keep using that because that was that was one of the movies early on that I thought, man, I could have this type of setup and and you know we could take over the world. Well, reality is 
although my setup may look a little bit different, I've accepted that. And I've accepted the love that I have here. We've, we're creating our own Taylor Love Jones here. And, um, and so I think what people have to, people have to really understand that, that, yeah, it may be somebody's reality, but it's just not mine, but my reality if it is, you know, that whole good positive vibe going on, it, it's just that, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go a- on record as saying that I'm about to lose um, probably my black card because Love Jones <laughs> didn't do it for me. What? Like, <laughs> yes. Love Jones was not like, I don't, I like it. And, and I like everybody in the movie, but I don't ever have to watch it again. Like oh it, yeah. God. Like it, it didn't, it didn't. <laughs> Please, oh y'all. It just, it was a good story, but it just, um, it just didn't, it just didn't do it for me. That, that's, yeah. I probably have kept that to myself. But, the part yeah. where, and I'm not, I have never smoked in my life, but the part that got me was. He was smoking and she just came and took his cigarette out of his hand and, and she started she started smoking too. And I'm like, you know, they're sharing a cigarette. That's the 20 something now. <laughs> <laughs> the 30 something year old. <laughs> how how cool is that? And the music playing in the background, you know, the soft, smooth music. And to me, they both had a rhythm that was just united in this movie. And then the poetry, you know, in addition to the rhythm, the poetry alone. So, yeah, Kim. Yeah, the spoken word and the jazz just really put you in like a mellow, is that all right? Yes. (laughs) Kind of of mode. Um, But when I was in, I I guess I was around 33. So I'll say my early to mid 30s, I had a relationship epiphany. And it completely for me, gave me a better understanding and allowed me to transition my thoughts of love, romance, relationships from that fantasy-based Hollywood um, mindset to the, the world that we live in. And part of that was my pastor at the time uh, was doing I want to say he was doing a series. Kevin, you would probably know better. I don't know if it was one of his stewardship series or something else, but he started talking about in one of the sermons, relationships and how finances or an inability to agree on finances can be one of the, is one of the most detrimental components of a relationship. Uh, It can end relationships in marriages and I was like really why because if you love each other (laughs) you know I was still in that mode that you know love could fix everything but um but then there's a reality of the fact that love doesn't put food on the table it doesn't keep lights on it doesn't put gas in the car you know so there's some there's some daily needs um, but then I realized I was growing. And so from that came my relationship epiphany. 
And uh, so I came up with four categories, but one of them, I just cannot think of it, what I called it right now, but I was in the middle of a statistics class when I thought about these things. So it was, so they have statistical names, but one was, well, the soulmate, and that's not a statistical name, that's just soulmate, that's your person. Um, and the other one was what I would call, what I call line of best fit. And then the other one was what I call a scatter plot relationship. Tiffany, have I, I shared this I with you? Yes, I remember this. Yeah. Yeah. And so with um, the soulmate, the soulmate, that's your person. That's who you're born to be with. But I also am a true believer that God gave every man choice. And so in our lives, we all make choices and each choice will either lead you to that person <clears throat> or away from that person. Um. And if you end up with that person, if you end up with your soulmate, I believe that that relationship has a 95% chance of being a to death do us part relationship. Why I say 95% because once again, even though that's the person you were meant for, there's a possibility the time y'all's timing was off. You may not have met them when he might've come too early or you might've come too late. And, you know, it just ended up not working out. Or <clears throat> again, we all get choices. And those choices can have us growing together or they can have us growing apart. And so we can either be on let's say, a converging planes or diverging planes. So depending on uh, how each of you interact and engage with those choices, you may or may not end up in a to death does part relationship. With the line of best fit, I said that those have like a 75% chance of making it because this is the person that you are very compatible with, not the soulmate, but you have a lot in common, you have a lot of common goals and you guys can really uh, build and grow together. Um, but even in that, once again, those choices can have you growing together or growing you apart. This isn't the person that you were made for. So the chances of y'all growing apart are greater. But because there's so many things that you have uh, in common, so many similarities, the chances of you growing together are, um, are great. And the chances of you being able to stay together are great. And then with the scatterplot relationship, that's that relationship that you knew from the beginning, from the time she said, hi, my name is, or he said, hi, my name is. This was not the person for you. This is, there's no way you should have been with this person. And but ultimately circumstances, y'all been together for so long, why not get married? Um, you know, it's been a rocky relationship, but he ain't going nowhere. I ain't going nowhere. We might as well go ahead and and do this and you end up together. Uh, they have, I call a 25% chance of success. And the reason I say that is because you didn't have any business together in the first place. So chances are everything about your relationship is gonna have y'all going separate in separate directions. But uh, there are those kinds of relationships that last till death do us part because you've been together so long, you get to a point to where you're like, what else? 
what else is there to do? Who else is there? Why I've been I've been dealing with it this long. I'm out so of you settle. So you or you have children, settle. you know, don't want to leave. And then once the kids are grown, y'all now y'all been married 20 years. I'm not going anywhere. You not either, kind of thing. So the yeah. interesting part to me is that you created these three uh um, <laughs> these three factors options yeah. in a statistics class like you were just sitting there you just said well uh this is the possibility of my life <laughs> right <laughs> yeah so, and, yeah, and i know so, you i know you aced the class but i mean yeah. so this is what you were sitting there like, thinking about but yeah you know i mean i mean but your professor I, would I, be proud yeah, your professor would be proud. Exactly. But every time I tell that, it's so funny because different people are like, oh, I wonder which one of those am I in? You know, they start really thinking. But it is thinking. it's profound because you and I've had this conversation about those three aspects, um, those three possibilities of relationships. And when you initially said it, it had me thinking. And I can say quite honestly, I, I'm, I have, um, I have at some point been faced with all three. And I'll say this, I know that as far as soulmate, I know that I have a soulmate and I will tell you that my immaturity and my insecurity and, um, things that I was going through at the time um, it just wasn't the right time. And I say that because, and then somebody is going to say, well, he, that person is not your soulmate. If that person is with somebody else now, don't misconstrue what I'm saying. I don't agree with that. There are a lot of people that are married that should not be married. There are a lot of people that are together that should not be together, but I'm going to lead them together and let them have a thing. But that doesn't mean that this person, um, I feel was what I feel like this person was my soulmate. It was just, I was, um, just not just kind of, I mean, Kim, um, Taylor and I lived together for a while. I was just free. Like my mom was just free. I, I didn't, I, I did not think, like I said earlier, I didn't want to be tied down. Like, and if, if we were to have gotten married, it, it would, um, it would have just made me feel, even though there's that love, it mm -hmm. still would have made me feel, um, you know, caged, caged in or, or, or like I was incarcerated in some sort of way, because, um, in order for me to be with this person, I would have had to sacrifice things that I wanted for my life to be there for him because his career was going in, in, in a certain way. So that didn't happen. Now with, um, the best fit, as I get older, I have, I have noticed myself falling into the best fit. Like, okay, well, you're at a certain age now. This person, you guys have a lot in common. You have a lot of fun. Um, you know, this could work out. This could be your fit. Um, and then there is, I have been caught up in the scatter plot before where, okay, well, you know what? Uh, 
we've been together this long. We've been friends this long. We have this in common. We have that in common. He knows my family, blah, 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 blah. Let's get together. But something in me just won't let me settle. Like, it just will not let me settle because I know me and I know myself. And I would just one day just look at you and be like, I'm going to the store to get a loaf of bread and, um, and I will be back. It's just wrong. Because I mean, because I just, I just have that thing about just being free. Like it's very important for me not to be in, in situations. And this goes back to our conversation a few weeks ago on peace. Like, I, I don't think that I could just be at peace trying to piecemeal, as the old folks say, a, a relationship together just to say I'm with someone or just to to sh- to say um, we're sharing the bills. And so, yeah, there are moments in my life when I'm like, oh, Lord, if I had a husband, I wouldn't have to do this. Or if I had a husband, I wouldn't have to do that. But then I think about it. If I had a husband, would he be the right one? Would he be the soulmate? Would he be the best fit? Or would he be the scatter pl- plot? And and would I be in in, in mental or emotional hell? Mm-hmm. For me, the what I realized actually recently is that every scatter plot relationship I was in, I entered because I was e- I was not emotionally um, in a good place. Uh, and, and instead of working on me, I use the relationship as an escape, as an escape from dealing with the me that I needed to be dealing with in that moment, um, as an escape from um, probably therapy I should have been seeking. I entered into a relationship that ended up being to my detriment every time. And so um, basically I made a bad situation worse. And either I ended up with my heart broken or I broke somebody else's heart because I did, I pulled the Kiffany. Um, I went to the bread, I went to the grocery store and got some bread. Um, uh, no, I, I never did that. But uh, but still, the, people were hurt by my poor decisions. Um, and that person either was me or the person I was in the relationship with. And, um, and so it is my... Does my I have endeavored uh, through my growth and development to never find myself in a scatterplot relationship again. Now, you know, I know I try to never say never because you never know. But if the Lord say the same and the creek don't rise, I mm. will not <laughs> be going back into a, a scatterplot relationship because um, for me, it was detrimental. And, um, and who wants to at this age continue yeah. to deal with that? Right. I think. Right. Um, you know, I can't. Oh, Lord, it's been a long time since I can recall some scatterplot relationships. <laughs> a long time. But but Tiffany, you said something that just kind of hit me, resonate with me. Even in some of your scatterplot relationships, that didn't last long because you knew that you couldn't settle. And I, settle. And I and it's like, I think I I understand that so because there have been plenty of prior to marriage, of course, it was several of them that I, I knew I could not settle in this. Like, just like, this is not where, first of all, I'm compromising who I am 
And when I'm compromising who I am, that's a problem all by itself to, to please someone else. And then I, th- I was thinking, now that I look back at a few of them, I was thinking longevity. Will this person be able to support me lo- long-term? Like with the decisions and the way that they're thinking now, if we, you know, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, whatever, will that person still think like that? And if so, I'm really in a bad situation. So let me just bail out right now. The soulmate thing, I truly believe in that. And that um, doesn't necessarily mean sometimes that is your spouse, you know. However, what was this middle one? Line of best fit. The line of best fit. Um, I, I, I believe that some, I believe that you can, of course, find that type of peace in that, in that stage is just the same. Um, just the same as your soulmate, if that makes sense, um, to a degree. I believe that. I have a question that came up when Tiffany was talking about settling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's one I vacillate with um, off and on. Um, what's the line? Or how do you find the line? Or how do you know if there is a line between settling and having unrealistic expectations? So prime example, I remember when I moved to Georgia and, and you all know, I moved here to go to fashion designing school. And so um, I didn't have a job lined up. And I remember I was um, conversing with a, a, a male counterpart at the time. And I remember the person saying to me, um, do you know what the economy looks like? And you're getting ready to move here and, and you, it's going to be hard for you to find a job. And right there, I knew this is not the person that I will hang around with 10, 15 years from now and say, this is my husband. But the simple fact, uh, because I am a woman of faith and anything is possible. And I knew that because how I got there was um, of on stepping out on faith. And for me to even, um, you know, for him to tell me that I'm thinking you carry something you don't carry the same thing that I carry and that's going to be a problem. And so I knew if I stayed there, I would be compromising. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. Um, compromising for me is when you, you, all of your, that option, that, that thing you have in you, but you put that aside so you can accommodate somebody else thing. And when you start doing that in a relationship, you get lost, you know, your whole, all your power gets lost somewhere until you realize, hey, this, no, this, this is not who I am. You know, I need to get back to who I am, what my power, my strength, my makeup to do what I need to do. 
And so I think, you know, when you start compromising, you lose that. And, and it doesn't necessarily mean it's unrealistic. Like, you know, I don't ask for much. I don't ask for much. I, I tell Idrick all the time, I don't get my nails done. I don't have to have the designer bag. I don't, those are things that I just don't have to have, you know, I, and if you show me something, I probably can make it or recreate it anyway. So I don't have to have all the find. I'm not a big shopper unless it's something that I really, you know, want to invest in. So those are not for me. Those are not the things that, that just rings my bell. However, if you try to remove who I've become and the person that I've become, and if you try to take that away from me, that's where you're going to see another side. Um, Because, you know, who I am is who I am. And I can't give you, I can't, I can't allow you to take that away from me. That's, that's who I, that's all I have, me, you know, if that I believe that when you talk about being realistic, realistic is is relative to your experience and it is, it is, it is your reality. What is realistic for you may not be realistic for me. And so number one, you have to figure out, well, what is a realistic situation or, 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 or is this a, a fantasy for me? Um, and with settling for me, settling looks like anything. I, I agree with, with Kim Taylor, anything that makes me feel like I'm losing myself or I have lost myself because don't get me wrong relationships are a compromise and you may you're you're not going to always go in come out of them the same way you went into them you're going to compromise something you're going to give up something of yourself to make that other person um comfortable or happy and they would do the same for you if I, I believe that is a, a good definition or aspect of love is that you you make compromises for each other. You make sacrifices for each other. But I don't want to get to a point where I'm unhappy and I'm in a situation where there is no joy. Like I'm, I'm the, the situation has just depleted any happiness, any joy. I, I don't even recognize myself anymore. And I have, there are specific things that I want out of life that, hey, I may not get these things. I may not accomplish these things, but it won't be for lack of trying. But I don't want to sit around and be in a situation where I have compromised so much. I have given up so much just to say I have that to just to say that I am married or just to say that I am in a relationship that I look around and I don't recognize who I am. And 
you know, I have been in relationships with me. Um, I'll say that you have to be really secure. And if you're going to be in a relationship with me, because um, I'm just uh, really uh, the the different jobs I've had and the different friends and the, the different friend circles I've had, you just kind of have to be secure. I'm just, you know, I'm an introverted extrovert. I'll say that um, I have sometimes had to have had to be in in you know in in the public eye and public relations and 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 do all these things and and be around different people well you have to be secure with that i'm an author i'm i'm a writer you know i I, sometimes i get certain attention you have to be secure with that and i don't for me settling i can give you an example i was dating someone and i had written my first book the green eyed butterfly and um, he said to me, I mean, the great guy looked good on paper, on paper, looked good, had all the check marks, everything was checked off, check, 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 okay, great. He said to me, oh, yeah, you know, he was talking about the book, and then he was like, well, you know, I don't read fiction, um, I, I probably wouldn't buy one, and I'm just like, oh, really, you just said this to me? And you date me, you talking about uh, having a future and you would not even support me. And so had I, um, I looked at it this way. This is not the first book, first and only book I'm going to write. And if you can't support me in this, but you have all of these other boxes checked, then I'm actually just settling for you. Because although you're financially stable, you're, you're, you're attractive, you know, all of these things, but if you can't support me, I'm settling because you're not going to understand when I need time alone to write. You're not going to understand when I need to go to a writing retreat. You're probably going to tell me, you know, why don't you put those books down? Anything Mm -hmm. that would make me start to lose myself or who I am because I honestly don't ask for much. I don't ask for much. I just ask that you leave me alone sometimes so that I can be creative. That, that, that is what that looks like. I don't think that that is so difficult. So anything that would compromise me being who I am. Mm -hmm. Don't, Go ahead. No, I was going to say a friend of mine put it um, the other day we were talking and it was actually something about my resume and I was making some adjustments to it and I was explaining to her what I actually do. And she's like, then why don't you say that? Because I said, I'm, I'm an executive coach. I, I coach um, leaders and uh, and district leaders around different things uh, and, and company leaders. And so really what I do is like executive level coaching. And she's like, well, why don't you say that? And uh, I said, well, I thought I did. She said, that's not what you have written on that paper. And she's like, why are you making yourself small? And so I attribute, as I'm hearing you guys talk about that, um, that I think that's the big thing for me in settling in uh, relationships and situations, because I am, I'm an, a, a reasonably intelligent individual and um, I know that men, not all men appreciate high levels of intelligence in women. Some do, 
but not all. And, um, but what I cannot or could not ever do is, is play dumb, is, is pl pretend like I didn't know something. Well, not only did I know about it, I could give you a great deal of information about it um, for the sake of being with someone. Because like you, Tiffany, because of the life you've led and the circles you've been in, the people you've been around, there's a reality of there has to be a, a comfort level with that. The same, I, I be, believe the absolute same thing. Um, you have to be able to be comfortable with my level of intelligence. Not to say you're not intelligent, not to say you're not more intelligent than I am, but don't expect me not to act like I am as smart as I am to make you feel better. Don't expect me to shrink myself or make myself small in that avenue. Uh, that there are some things I know women, there are a lot of women was like, well, why, why not? How hard is that? But if I can't be my authentic self, what you've done is fallen in love with a representative, not who I actually am. And that representative doesn't stay around 24 seven. Yeah. I, I, with the movie, um, Sylvie's love uh, there. I, like I mentioned before we actually started the recording, there were a few, a few things that I got from the movie. Um, a few, a few things that stood out to me um, that um, number one, sometimes we end up with people that we're not necessarily supposed to be with out of um, either the scatter plot, since you brought it up or the best line of fit. Um, but she knew, she knew and her husband knew. Uh, he knew too. <laughs> he knew too that he was not her soulmate. And there were different um scenes in the movie when he would say different things and she would look at him and she would I know she would think to herself why am I here because they were really two totally they were two different people he wanted her to be someone that she was not going to be and at some point he said to her well we have money I make a good living why are you working anyway so that to me, you're taking, he's taking away her independence. He's, he's taking away mm -hmm. who she is. So she's just Mrs. So-and-so. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have an identity of her own. And um, the, the second part is that, which people will probably um, not agree or condemn me for saying, but she got out of the situation when she knew all, she, she was in love with somebody else. Mm -hmm. And she was honest with her husband. Finally, she was honest with him, even though he already knew this and said, hey, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't I don't want to be here anymore. And this is why I don't want to be here. And it hurt. It hurts the other person. But he knew when he married her that she was in love with someone else. And it hurts the other person. But you do more damage when you stay together for reasons for that scatter plot. Mm -hmm. When you stay together uh, because um, they look good on paper mm -hmm. or when you stay together because, okay, well, we have this, we have the same friends in common, so let's just stay together. And then the, the third um, thing that I found interesting 
And which brings up a question is that, um, and I'm sorry, I cannot remember any of these. I cannot remember uh, Bobby. That's his name, Bobby. Still be uh, soulmate, Bobby. Um, They called him Bobby though, okay? Can we call him Bobby? Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, (laughs) Thank you, Kathy, correction. But anyway, (laughs) um, Bobby... (laughs) When he went to Detroit and it turned out to be, um, you know, a total farce, it, it turned out to be Spoiler alert. Know, something. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, OK, if you watch the movie, if, if you ain't watched the movie, push Paul and come back and listen. <laughs> but when he went to Detroit and, um, you know, it wasn't what it what he thought it was going to be. He went back to her. There's this pride thing. He went back to her. She clearly makes, I mean, more money than than he does. She's a a television producer. And so he goes back to her and he says to her, he lies to her and he says, "Um, I am not marriage material. I'm not a family man. Um, I'm sorry. And after she left her husband for him, he comes back and he says, because of this one failure, um, or because he felt like he was a failure, I I can't be with you. So then he, you know, they break up and he leaves and he goes to Detroit, you know, to, to work in the plant. And I'm I'm just thinking, I I have known men who who feel that way, mm-hmm. who feel because you or they think because you are of a certain status or you make this amount of money or because you have this level of intelligence that they don't match up. So they sabotage the relationship or or they just don't, they either go ghost, they sabotage the relationship or you stay in the relationship with them and they make you miserable. Because on the flip side, or on the flip side, they work to be that provider. They work to, and, and that's the part that um, a lot of times we don't talk about. Because one thing that I do know, if a man is not in a situation, if a man man is not mm-hmm. in a situation where they can provide for their families or their loved one or the fiance or whomever, they're going if they if they truly want that relationship they're going to work at it to get to a certain point if it's the credit jacked up they're going to work to get that credit straight if it's trying to get a house or whatever they're going to work on it to get that house to move that person in they're going to they're going to be intentional about their moves if they're willing to uh if they're willing and ready it so that's a flip side to that as well I didn't necessarily view it as pride. I actually, I actually viewed it as the direct opposite of that. And the reason I say that is because when I saw, when I was specifically that scene, um, I don't think he was being proud in that moment. I think he recognized that to have what he wanted meant her giving up what she wanted and he he wasn't willing to ask her to do that 
And so I, I, I saw it more of a, as a self-sacrificing moment than a prideful moment. Because when he looked at her and she um, doing her job, he started reminiscing about the things her dad had told him about what she wanted to do. And basically he, I, to me, he saw her living, the, living her dream and beating the odds and being able to live her dream. And for him to tell her what the reality was, I think he knew she would still give it up for him. And I don't think he wanted her to do that. I still see it as a prideful moment only because I look back at um, when he was realizing that his career could be over. And that moment when he was so defeated, when he was at Motown and, you know, he thought about her and how she grew up and what she came from. And he knew he wasn't going to be able to provide for her like he should have. He knew that at, at that point, his option was to go work in the plant. Because she said she had already had a job lined up in, 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 in Detroit. And so, you know, she said she had gone through the motions of actually going to where he was. And I think a lot of times, and I say that because a lot of times men don't give you the choice to accept. They don't give you the choice to say, hey, you know what? Let me help you. They don't right, give but you, you think that's the pride? choice. In some aspects, yes, it is. I mean, in, in, the, in, in, the movie. in, in my opinion, in, in the movie, I think there were some moments of pride. Now, what did he... Well, I, I will, I can, uh, I will say that maybe it wasn't entirely pride, but there were some prideful moments in there with him making that decision, because I do believe that he honestly loved her because he, and you have to figure out this, I always say. Whenever someone tells you they love you, you should always ask them or find out what their definition of love is. Because he said to her, and, and they both said um, to each other, I just want you to be happy. So what is your definition of happiness? Her definition of happiness was just being with him. His definition of happiness for her was her um, having the career and the life he thought she wanted or maybe thought she deserved. And there is a lack of communication oftentimes when people assume that this is how I feel or this is what I want. And I know specifically with men, they don't always give you that opportunity to extend a hand or to say let me well let me help you with this because as as Kim Taylor said before you know a man will work if he really wants to be with you and he and he sees that 
he needs he there is room for improvement because a lot of people men and women don't feel like they have there's room for improvement you never know if you give your mate the chance to help you get up out of that credit situation or your girlfriend or your wife might if you're unemployed she might know someone who can hire you and there's nothing wrong with that but a lot of times we don't communicate and we we think we know what the other person is thinking and so that's when people go ghost or that's when people pull back or that's when people change the way that they start treating you because of that insecurity that they have when all you have to do is sit down and have a conversation with me and say, hey, this Motown thing was a hoax. I don't know what I'm going to do. What are we going to do? Good. That's a good point, Kiff, because a lot of times in relationships, especially, um, you know, husband and wives, it, it, the communication part, I mean, if there's a breakdown, you're thinking one way, they're he's thinking another way and nothing is resolved. So you're going about a situation. Yeah, I got the same situation, same problem, but you're going about it tackling it in one right way and I'm tackling it, tackling it in another way. And and it's like we're bumping heads. Then and until we sit down and talk about what I'm thinking, what you're thinking, and let's come up with a, a strategic plan together to fix this or move over this hurdle. Um, I see this so much, and I can personally say, and I, you know, in our relationship too, that that has been um, that has been one of those, especially early on, and even now that we've been married for some time we can easily try to identify what the issue is and, and try to work on it together. But early on, you know, I, I'm trying to handle a situation. And, and then and the crazy part is you don't even know what the other person is thinking because you won't take time out to talk about it. You, uh, your assumption takes over the conversation. And, you know, our assumptions are not always right. right. You know what they say yeah. about assuming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. I agree and I think part of the I think I think y'all really hit a nail on the head I think a lack of communication and an unwillingness to be completely honest with right. your mate mm -hmm. has been has caused the detriment in more relationships yep. than um than anything else because say everything was going well but you see on the news and you hear all the time how these men or couples were in, they were having financial difficulties. The guy, the man may have lost his job and the wife didn't even realize he wasn't working anymore. And all the bills weren't getting paid and he was becoming more and more desperate and despondent and all kinds of crazy things end up happening as a result of that. Uh, instead of just stopping to say, hey, um, this isn't working out. This is the financial situation. Uh, this is the situation with the job or whatever the case may be. It, it really is um, baffling 
because that that communication is such a key key factor in any relationship and how many people um end up getting in or out of relationships solely because of a failure to communicate or an unwillingness to communicate or a failure to be completely can uh, candid and have complete honesty uh, for women, I think that's pretty, I mean, I think that's not, it's easy to lay out all of our, I, well, let me say this. In a relationship, I believe it's quicker for women to lay out all of their burdens more so than men. Um, and sometimes I think the best breakthrough in a man is first, one is, you know, living the life that God has called him to live. And two is being honest with themselves and being and being vulnerable, allowing themselves to be vulnerable. Even when, you know, um, they a lot of times they think they have to have an answer. They have to have the solution. They have to be the problem solver. And that's not always the case. Um, that could lead to a whole nother conversation of, you know, the man being got to know the answer, got to be tough, got to die. That's a whole nother thing. But a lot of times they feel like they have to have an answer. And if they don't have an answer, if they cannot solve a problem, they become, it's just almost like a war zone within and they don't give it to the to their spouse. They don't they're trying to handle it all by themselves. And I think that once they become once they release that burden and allow themselves to be vulnerable enough to share their truths, um, that's a that's another direction. I think men fail to realize and so especially in a marriage situation that it takes both of us to to actively work together to resolve issues not because you're 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 supposed to be the head of the household you take this on yourself and because a lot of uh, if a lot of them take that take an issue on and they're running back crazy trying to fix it whatever it is and not allow the woman the wife to actively play a vital role into into the resolution of this thing so be the help mate that they were designed to be yeah and well with I, the movie well, mm -hmm. with, the, with the movie when he confronted her about or she talked to her about he wouldn't he didn't feel like he was equipped enough that could have gone down totally different if only he was vulnerable and transparent and honest with himself to bring her into it. And explain to her what happened. Give her the, the, right. the full story and then let her decide whether or not she wants to say, right. well, no, I don't want to deal with this situation or, hey, let's work right. something out. But one of the mm -hmm. um, and and like I said before, I am I am glad that um, 
Hollywood is now showing um, black people in love and black people having relationships because they would have you think that um, we don't fall in love. They would have you think that we just have babies by each other. We have baby daddies, baby mamas, and and that's just how they live. We live our lives. Mm -hmm. Like we're not capable of of having Mm -hmm. that fairy tale romance or we're not capable of of loving each other, period. I think our initial question was, you know, do we believe in the the fairy tale love? Well, what is your definition of fairy tale? You know, is it you create your own fairy tale? Yes, you you, you create your own. You know, mine is not mine is um someone that um that totally gets me every quirky, weird, introverted thing, needing space, everything about me. And I, I respect them in that same way. We have a mutual respect for each other and we love each other. We have fun together and we, we're gonna, we're gonna thug it out together. You know, we're, we're, we're in this and, 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 and we're, we're going to do this together. Um, so, you know, your fairy tale is what you, what you create in your mind or in your head and what you want. It's not, oh, we're never going to fight. Oh, we're never going to argue. Oh, we don't, you know, that whole thing. I just, I just don't believe that's realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My fairy tale was recognizing there's no such thing as a fairy tale. And like Kim McDonald was mm-hmm. saying, you know, understanding that you create your own story, you create your own reality mm-hmm. and do not yield to the false narrative that society creates of what a relationship should be mm-hmm. or how a marriage should be. You have to find your fit, what works for you. And so, uh, and, and therefore your fairy tale or my fairy tale is the one that I am unconditionally loved and happy, whatever. And however that narrative plays out, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and it's not, um, it's not a book approach a cookie cutter approach everybody's gonna look a little bit differently um i don't have to have the flowers and i don't have you you give me a michael's arts and craft gift card and i'm happy (laughs) i'm good to go (laughs) i know that my allergy's too bad i'll be i'll be sneezing I know that's right. (laughs) I don't have to have the Dooney bags and all of that. You give me just a nice bohemian style, cheap thrift store bag. I'm fine as long as it has style. Those are things. So, but in it, in it, or even if you, you know, as I'm learning, just me wanting to be in a creative space quite a bit, quite often, give me my space. Give me, you know, give me my space and understand while I need this space that's love for me 
as you, you understand it and appreciate it and allow me to live the life that I've been called to live. I'm the same way. If give me my space to write, that's all I need. Like you, you say you want a Michael's gift card, give me Barnes and Noble. So I can go get me a book to read, buy me some journals, some ink pens, invest in me. That that's what I need you to do. Invest in me. I don't need another handbag. I don't need another pair of shoes. I need you to to support me, support my dreams, support because I'm going to do the same for you. And relationships, we should grow together, not apart. We should grow up. You know, we should grow. And that that's the whole thing. We should progress and not regress. It's all about finding someone and where you can grow together. Right. So we've concluded that um, it's no really perfect Hollywood setup to just bring into your house, huh? <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. I think if we you... can all agree on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So don't go. Don't um don't watch these movies thinking that that is what life is about um because nine times out of ten it is just what it is it's that fairy tale but um I'm I'm glad you ladies did join me in watching uh, Sylvie's Love because for me I think that was that's somebody's true story yeah. that is somebody's love story and um i love the fact that um i could actually see them loving each other like i could actually see them loving each other and it wasn't difficult to do it wasn't hard to do it wasn't forced it wasn't a scatter plot and it wasn't a best fit mm -hmm. it was the soulmate and um the unpopular thing back then she did she she took the role let's travel back then she said i'm not happy and i'm out you know people didn't do that then people don't do that now so right. mm -hmm. um you know i i just thought that uh, i'm glad you ladies decided to watch the movie with me and um yeah i just, I just it, it took her dad dying for her to see that though yeah for her to reach that epiphany yeah yeah that that was mm -hmm. the, the the sad portion of it and you know like i said earlier sorry for the spoiler yeah. alerts if you have not watched it but you can still go back <laughs> and watch the movie and still enjoy the movie so i think that the consensus there's, there's great is, eye candy in it <laughs> oh, oh yes girl i did not know that oh, the duke that. Of oh i don't i don't even oh yes the duke of hastings reggae john yes. Yes. yes reggae gene sorry yes 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 he is, yes. Um, yes. Yes. yes he's um and you know carrie washington's husband got a little swagger too i didn't know he was that tall or maybe yeah. i didn't know I he was know. that slim i didn't know he was that little i just he i mean i thought by being a former football player you would have a little you know muscle and all that but he, he probably came off his, weight after he stopped yeah, playing that's what yeah I, I think this is his retirement body because mm -hmm. um i do i do remember him being a little bit uh you know a little bit thicker than than he yeah. was but um I, I i loved his movie and i think that the consensus is that your fairy tale is really your reality or your perception and and you make based on what you want out of your life 
-hmm. and based on who you want in your life, then you create, you create your own, what you, you create your blueprint. You create what that, what that looks like. And even in creating that blueprint, even when building, there are always some adjustments that have to be made. It's just that, are you willing to make those adjustments? Right. And um, I, I just think that, that that is what love is. My final thought in this is that there's always a choice. Either you will be the author of your narrative or you will go off of someone else's narration. And um, I think in order to be happy, in order to be truly happy, you have to be the author. Good. And my final thought is um, stop bringing Hollywood into your home. Find your comfort. Find you and your spouse. You, I mean, <laughs> find your comfort um, as a couple, and um, you find that personal love. And and stop stop looking at movies and shows to try to, as you say, Kim, create a narrative. Your narrative is already there. You just got to be a. You just own it. Yeah. Well, ladies, once again, right, we had a great conversation. And um, of course, we started talking before the recording, but um, mm -hmm. <laughs> we had a great conversation. And thank you guys for listening. And we look forward to talking with you next week. <laughs>